This episode is brought to you by 1010. 1010 is an exclusive collection of 10 one-of-a-kind engagement rings designed by 10 of the most distinctive designers working today. Using only diamonds responsibly and sustainably sourced from Botswana, 10 design masters have each produced a uniquely beautiful diamond ring, launching exclusively on January 18th at BlueNile.com. This exciting, limited edition collection of diamond engagement rings launches on January 18th, and you can preview it exclusively at BlueNile.com. Listening to the Locked On Broncos podcast, hosted by Cody Rourke, your daily Broncos podcast. What's up, Broncos country? Welcome back in to a brand new episode of the show. Happy Monday, wherever you are at all across Broncos country, from the South Stands to the End Zone, you are Locked On Broncos, your daily Denver Broncos podcast here on the Locked On NFL Network, your team every day. I'm your host, as always, Cody Rourke, Senior NFL Analyst for Pro Football Network and Broncos Insider for the Locked On NFL Network. You can follow me on Twitter at Cody Rourke NFL. You can follow the podcast at Locked On Broncos. And also, if you're on Facebook, folks, give us a like on Facebook. Check us out there. And don't forget to tune in every single day, Monday through Friday, for a brand new episode of the show exclusively here. Locked on Broncos. Today's episode of the show, folks, the aftermath of NFL Divisional Week. And we're going to get that conversation. But we got to touch on some Denver Broncos news and notes. The latest on Broncos outside linebacker Von Miller, George Payton getting to work over the weekend. What's next for him? Plus, we get into a Monday mailbag with the avid listeners of Broncos country. And one of the questions we received, is Drew Locke a bus? Is it fair to call him a bust. I'm going to dive deep into that question and give my answer here on today's episode of the show. Plus, what we learned from NFL Divisional Playoff Weekend as the AFC and the NFC Championship games are now all set. Going into what's going to crown a new Super Bowl champion here very, very shortly, folks, and how it impacts the rest of the National Football League, all on today's jam-packed episode, Locked On Broncos. With that said, ladies and gentlemen, let's get into our Denver Broncos news and notes to open up today's episode of the show. Happy Monday, Broncos country. Hope you guys had a great weekend. Obviously, a lot of football, Saturday football, Sunday football. It's getting good. I know a lot of you want the Broncos to be back in it, and I think there's a lot of people as well, but some news that's going to affect the AFC West overall is the Los Angeles Chargers. They announced their new head coach, and it's a former Broncos coach, and that's Brandon Staley. He was the outside linebacker coach for the Broncos last season, and then this season, he got a defensive coordinator job with the Los Angeles Rams, and then now he's going to be the head coach for the Denver Broncos division rival Los Angeles Chargers and we're going to get that conversation a little bit probably a little bit later on in the week of Lockdown Broncos but it's going to change the landscape a little bit of what you take a look at the AFC West and also the Kansas City Chiefs are advancing to the AFC Championship game we'll give a little bit of a recap about that a little bit later on in the show but Let's touch on Broncos outside linebacker Von Miller. Now on Friday, we all received a notification on our phones that Von Miller is under investigation by the Parker Police Department. And I had mentioned previously I wasn't going to touch on the situation until it affected his football playing status. But I think this is big news ultimately uh, for Von because this this comes out of left field. I mean, anytime your star outside backer is named in an investigation, a criminal investigation by the police department, uh, obviously it's going to warrant some discussion. It's going to need to be talked about. And obviously this stems from a 
domestic dispute, according to the reports early on. But the Parker Police Department says they have not discovered anything yet. The investigation is still ongoing. And once they find out information, they will release uh, a statement. So there's a possibility where there could be charges filed against Von Miller for what exactly we're not aware of. But I think all of us can assume it has something to do with the domestic dispute that we saw on social media between Von Miller and his ex-fiance, you know, who's expecting a child. And and we'll see what comes of that. But she even posted a statement on social media as well that Von Miller has never uh, physically abused her in any way, shape or form. So it's created a lot of that. You see, she said they're also very excited that he that she and Von are excited about welcoming a child into this world. So we're going to see how the investigation plays out. I'm not going to comment on it any further outside of that, but it's something that we did have to, uh, you know, touch on here. And also, you know, an angle we could throw at you is what do the Broncos do in a situation like this? I know there's a lot of people uh, they were saying, look, the Broncos just need to part ways with Von Miller right now, or, you know, they need to wait and see. I think ultimately for everybody, I think for Von Miller, I think for the Broncos, I think the smart situation is to wait and see what the investigation reveals. Now, Denver has the opportunity right now to say, look, we're not going to pick up the club option of Miller. We were looking at making this move prior to this investigation coming forward, if that's exactly what Denver was looking at. But we all do know that the Broncos were actually looking at extending Von Miller and spreading the money in his overall deal rather than paying him $22 million next year, spreading that money out and extending him to rework his contract to be a Denver Bronco. That was the move. That was the talk. Now, that could potentially change now. Obviously, we're all waiting the results of this pending investigation by the Parker Police Department. So when that comes forth, we're going to obviously have a lot of news and we're going to recap what it means for Denver going forward. And if Denver makes a move, we're going to break it down here on Lockdown Broncos. But new Denver Broncos general manager George Payton, he got to work on Saturday at the UC Health Training Center in Inglewood, Colorado, and he, he now got his office. He took over the office of John Elway, and John Elway gives up his GM office to Payton, and, and John Elway said over the weekend that it's the right thing to do. And now John Elway will operate in the Pat Bowlin Conference Room uh, going forward, and more than likely, I think John Elway's role for Denver, there's going to be times where he's at the facility, but I think a lot of it is going to be remote. I believe that when there's the draft, there's the free agency, things that require all of them to be at the facility. I think we're going to see John Elway there with Joe Ellis and obviously George Payton, but this is now George Payton's team, folks, uh, and he wasted no time getting to work. He was at the front office on Saturday, and front office personnel, they met with George Payton over the weekend, and a lot of them interviewing to see if they're a good fit to be in the regime that George Payton's now going to endure for the next six years in Broncos country. And there's a lot of talented folks in the Broncos front office from the scouting department, the personnel department, but all these important players, they have to interview to keep their jobs or maybe see if they can elevate in a sense uh, and also George Payton could be looking into bringing some people, some familiarity, some people that he's worked with in the past into the front office, into some personnel roles altogether, especially in the scouting department. I don't imagine there's going to be too much turnover in the scouting department because all these scouts for Denver, they have already put together some of the work regarding some of these upcoming draft prospects and issues NFL draft. Denver's going to obviously start putting the draft board together. George Payton is going to be involved with that process there alongside with the coaching staff and the scouting department, player personnel still waiting some more front office his moves from them, but obviously George Payton wasted no time getting to work. And then over the weekend, Melvin Gordon pleaded not guilty to a DUI. You know, in, in terms of George Payton coming into the situation, on Friday you have the announcement from the Parker Police Department that Von Miller is under investigation, and then you have Melvin Gordon, his whole court process stemming from the DUI, pleading not guilty. Obviously, the NFL is going to be the ultimate decision maker as to the outcome of whatever the court decides in terms of how it's going to affect Melvin Gordon's on-field status going into next season. But right now, Gordon is facing a three-game 
suspension. So this is going to impact, I think, George Payton, some of his decision making because he has to evaluate. Philip Lindsay is going to be a restricted free agent. I think that Denver is going to place a second round tender on him. That's the talk. And I think Philip Lindsay will be back. It's the one thing that does make sense right now for Denver, because if you go into 2021 without a running back, especially if Melvin Gordon's shelved due to a suspension, you have Royce Freeman, Levante Bellamy. I'm not quite sure Denver's in good hands in that regard to open up a season. You know, regardless of Royce Freeman, I think Royce Freeman is very underrated, doesn't get a lot of recognition, I think, from Broncos fans. And, you know, when he's gotten playing time on the field, I think he's done really well in the short spurts that he's had. But Levante Bellamy, you know, he's just one of those unknowns. He's an undrafted rookie free agent as well. And, you know, making his path into the NFL, we saw a little bit of him this season. But Philip Lindsay is the workhorse of this Broncos football team. And I don't think you can go to 2021 without him. But Broncos country coming up here in just a moment. We're going to get into our Monday mailbag with the avid listeners across Broncos country, folks. But before we do that, I got to tell you guys about the sponsor of today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. That's our good friends over there at Echelon Fit. And when it comes to getting or staying in shape, nothing feels as good as that feeling of accomplishment of hitting your fitness goals and feeling great about yourself. And you can talk about hitting new goals for this upcoming year. Well, guess what? I've been putting in the work at home myself. I understand that living a long and healthy life requires you to put the work in and Echelon can get you there. Echelon offers the next generation of connected fitness bikes, fitness mirrors, rolling machines, and their Echelon Stride Smart Treadmill. No matter what your favorite fitness activity, Echelon gives you a fun and challenging workout from the comfort of your own home. And the EX7S is Echelon's latest state-of-the-art innovation that takes cycling to the next level. The EX7S connected bike is built with performance, flexibility, and durability in mind. The EX7S is the bike for competitors at heart. Their world-class instructors will also motivate you with thousands of daily live and on-demand studio-level classes, always available whenever you need them. And unlike their competitors, Echelon is affordable for everyone, and one membership lets up to five family members all work out at the same exact time. Right now, you can try any Echelon Fitness equipment at home for 30 days by going to echelonfit.com slash locked on. That's E-C-H-E-L-O-N-Fit.com slash locked on. It is now time for our Mailbag Monday, folks. But before we get into that, I just got to remind you guys, you guys can listen to Lockdown Broncos every single day, folks. We have a brand new episode for you all year long, five days a week, Monday through Friday on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and Spotify. Make sure you guys, if you're not already subscribed to the podcast, hit that subscribe button. And don't forget to listen on your way to work, on your lunch break, or even on your way home from work, or while you're making dinner at home, tune into Lockdown Broncos every single day. We've got some very fun guests coming up. Also, as the NFL Free Agency Frenzy approaches, the NFL draft we have you covered with all the broncos action news and notes that you need 30 minutes or less here every day lockdown broncos but with that said getting into our mailbag monday here with broncos country a couple of broncos fans sent in their response to some of their questions that they had and i think it's a big topic of discussion right now all across the national football league but brad k says what realistically do the broncos need to give up to get Deshaun Watson. And, you know, folks, I, I know a lot of Broncos fans are enamored at the idea of Deshaun Watson. Look, I think that Deshaun Watson in a Broncos uniform would be magical. I think it would be absolutely instantaneous for turning that discussion around inside the AFC West. I believe the Broncos at that point would probably have the second best quarterback in the, in the AFC West altogether. But the issue that comes to mind for me when I take a look at what is it that the Broncos would have to give up to get Deshaun Watson? Well, folks, if you like having draft picks, if you like developing guys, which, of course, 
according to George Payton, the new Broncos GM, that is the philosophy. Drafting and developing guys to come in to play a role right away is absolutely imperative, I think, for the future success of this organization. And and by doing so, by trading for Deshaun Watson, it wouldn't be just one first-round pick. It wouldn't be just two. It wouldn't be just three. It could be possibly three first-round picks and, and probably a couple of second-round, third-round picks altogether and maybe a player. I mean, the value that you would have to give up for Deshaun Watson, I mean, is a lot. And I understand Denver is looking for their franchise quarterback, but is it going to be Deshaun Watson? Unrealistic, probably at this moment. Probably not going to happen for Denver. I mean, Denver could make a phone call, but I don't think at this point Denver is in the run for Deshaun Watson. And because Deshaun Watson holds a no-trade clause in his contract with Houston, he ultimately has the say as to where Houston can trade him. So, for example, if Houston wanted to just trade him to some poor franchise that has a lot of picks, Deshaun Watson can veto it. So now if Deshaun Watson says, look, I want to go to Denver. You, I want you to trade me to Denver or to Miami. Then he's got the opportunity to control his destiny. You know, I think that he'd be great in Denver. I think it'd be great for the quarterback position, but I just think it's too unrealistic at this point for Denver. But you know what? Crazier things have happened in the NFL. We've seen things change. Who knows where the Broncos may be? Getting into now, Kyle back in Blacker says, outside of Justin Simmons and Shelby Harris, who would be the third on the list of players that you would want back for the Broncos going into the 2021 NFL season? You know, Kyle, I think for me, the one guy I'd want back for Denver the most is Tim Patrick. You know, I think Tim Patrick's value this season uh, has been absolutely uh, tremendous for Denver. And, and, you know, I tweeted over the weekend, a lot of Broncos fans got mad at me, but look, I, I want to see Timmy Patrick have more success. Now, obviously, he's a restricted free agent. The Broncos, they can tender him. I don't believe any team's going to give up a second round pick to get a guy like Tim Patrick. But if the Broncos don't tender Tim Patrick, which is a possibility, I would like to see Tim Patrick go to Green Bay and play with Aaron Rodgers, who's playing ridiculous football. You have Devontae Adams, and, and on the opposite side, you have Tim Patrick. Patrick and I tweeted out over the weekend Broncos fans are going to be really upset when they see Timmy Patrick catching touchdowns from Aaron Rodgers I mean it's something that I think could happen Tim Patrick obviously deserves a payday uh, he earned it he stepped up and became that number one wide receiver I think for Denver this year and, and look if he's back in Denver in 2021 that would be even better him opposite of Cortland Sutton Jerry Judy in the slot and then you have KJ Hamler people are underestimating a lot of people are saying well you can't have that many wide receivers have you seen the NFL today have you seen all these teams that do have a lot of points that they put up in games. They have multiple wide receiving options. And look, you got to have at least four or five wide receivers in the NFL, in my opinion. Look, one guy goes down, then you're hurting. So I think have, Denver went into the season, I think they had five or six total. And then you also have your practice squad call-ups. You guys, you know, you can have guys like that, like Fred Brown. I think that Denver keeps Tim Patrick. I'd love them too, but I also think that Tim Patrick deserves to get a payday. And hopefully it's in Denver. If not, he, he deserves to get paid elsewhere. Johnny Teixeira says, what should pay Peyton's to-do list look like this offseason in order of importance. Look, there's a lot of things he's going to have to do. Uh, I mean, I'm going to get away from some of the logistic staffing moves that maybe Denver might have to make in terms of the front office scouting personnel department, maybe some adjustment to the coaching staff. But if we're looking at players, uh, you know, I'd say that you have to absolutely priority number one becomes re-signing Justin Simmons. Now, pending what it, what's going on with the whole Von Miller situation, if there's no charges filed and if he's cleared and, and in the go, I think Denver has to find a way to uh, extend his contract and, 
and renegotiate that, spread out the money over the remaining years of the, of the deal rather than have to pay him $22 million. Shelby Harris is, is somebody you're going to have to take a look at as well. I think Shelby has played himself into a contract. Uh, you know, is Denver willing to pay him probably what the market may dictate for him? Who knows what the market's even going to set right now? Shelby has a chance to reset the market because he is an unrestricted free agent. That's going to be something we're going to follow as free agency happens. Uh, you know, outside of that, I have to say those are the roster moves you have to take care of. And I'd say probably second tier below that is what do you envision for the quarterback position? If it is Drew Locke, are you going to go with him in 2021? Are you going to bring somebody in? Are you going to look at maybe drafting a guy to come in and compete? All these questions, I think, kind of play a little bit of a, a role into what the Broncos offseason priority list should be in terms of importance. But I'd say that re-signing those key players or at least trying to make deals with those players are probably at the top of the pecking list, Johnny. Micah Kramer says, do the Broncos call about Deshaun Watson? I personally think that Locke can still be molded into a solid started quarterback, but it's Deshaun Watson who has proven it to be a top quarterback who could leave the Broncos back to relevancy. You know, kind of have a, you know, kind of as I said before there, I think absolutely Denver would be lucky to get a guy like Deshaun Watson at QB. I imagine they pick up the phone call and inquire, but does that call progress into anything more than, okay, thank you, but we're going to pass because what you have to give up to get Deshaun Watson is going to be astronomical, folks. I'm telling you what, look, the relationship there in Houston between Watson and, and the Texans is irreparable. The damage has been done, but it's going to cost an arm and a leg and a kidney and maybe your gallbladder in order to get him. So I don't know if the Broncos want to make that move just yet. Uh, you really have to take a really big uh, look at the cost analysis approach as to is it worth it? You got to look at the pros and cons talent wise. Yes, it's worth it. Uh, but overall, what you're giving up in, in terms of maybe future implications, that to me is a little bit more concerning overall for Denver. Daniel Lee says, I know like many Broncos fans, I am very skeptical on Drew Locke, but is it fair to say that he's a bust this early? Do you think it's the fact that we put weapons around him that we expect him to win now? Daniel, this is probably the best question out of the bunch here, and it's because I think you touched on some important topics there. There are a lot of Broncos fans who are skeptical of Drew Locke. I'm skeptical of Drew Locke still, right? I I can sample, I can see the good, I can see the bad, I can talk about both, and I can weigh both options there, but I do believe that there is a section of Broncos fans who do believe that Drew Locke is a bust. And here's the deal, folks. I don't think you can label Drew Locke a bust. When I look at a bust, I look at guys like Paxton Lynch, guys that, you know, had high expectations. Now, Drew Locke was drafted in the second round, not a first round pick, but you could tell the difference. Drew Locke is miles ahead better than Paxton Lynch. Trust me, folks. And and what we saw from Paxton Lynch, the the failure to put the work in, he he never took that serious enough to really be the guy or even to try to even put himself in a position to be a franchise quarterback. He never put the work and he got beat out by a seventh round pick in Trevor Simeon. So I think for Drew Locke, look, Drew has some upside. And I think down the stretch in the season, especially I think in the, the Los Angeles game, and I also think against the Raiders, I thought he played really well, probably played some of his best football. You know, you, you factor it in that 92 yard touchdown catch from Jerry Judy. I think his ball placement there was great. Um, I think in the Chargers game, you, you had a whole bunch of instances where there were some drops, a couple touchdown drops that could have made a difference in the outcome of that game as well. I think that Drew Locke has shown enough to, to warrant being the favorite going into 2021. However, like I said, the new GM is going to dictate that. I imagine the new GM is going to want to bring somebody in, a veteran quarterback to push him. And in my opinion, I think that maybe bringing in a guy, I think former Bronco Case Keenum, I think would be a great idea to push him. Obviously, some familiarity there with Keenum's time in Minnesota. And obviously with Pat Shermer, I think Keenum would be a great veteran quarterback to have in that room. I don't know if he's going to push Drew Locke. I don't think he would. 
but he's going to be one of those guys that I think that Drew Locke can rely on, which I think that Drew does need that, especially as he's playing the game. I mean, look at Chase Daniel and all the, the places he's gone, and he's served a valuable role, whether it be Chicago, whether it be in Washington. I mean, he's done one of those jobs where he has served whoever's the starting quarterback, and he's been a valuable mentor. He's been very helpful. Brett Rippon, though, I can tell you, folks, based on talking to people within the Broncos organization, Brett Rippon in 2020 did a phenomenal job with Drew Locke, being one of those guys who was very vocal, very smart, gives Drew Locke advice, and Drew Locke accepted it. Drew Locke didn't come off the field and say, look, I'm not listening to you because you're the backup quarterback. Those two are very close, and Brett Rippon, his knowledge and being in that coaching room, being in that position room, had a lot of uh, great takeaways, and Drew Locke uh, you know, learned a little bit from Brett Rippon from the preparation side because when you're out of it, you can see things differently, so Drew was very welcoming to that feedback, and so I, I don't know which, which way the Broncos are going to go at this point, but it's obviously something you have to keep an eye on. But Broncos country, thank you for some of your mailbag questions. Coming up here in just a moment, we got to talk about what we learned from the NFL Divisional Playoff Weekend. Coming up here in just a moment, folks, but before we do that, I got to tell you guys about the two sponsors of today's episode, Lockdown Broncos. That's Built Bar and our good friends over there at BetOnline.ag. But with Built Bar, it's the best tasting protein bar ever. The new and improved Built Bar is even more delicious than ever before, featuring 18 amazing flavors, including nut and non-nut flavors. They have six new flavors, and my favorite out of the six is the caramel brownie and the cookies and cream and some of the 12 original flavors my favorite flavors out of that is salted caramel double chocolate and peanut butter brownie the bars are phenomenal folks it tastes just like a candy bar the bars are also covered in 100% chocolate and they're soft and easy to chew and I tell you what folks when I mean soft and easy to chew you can literally bite through it. it's like it melts in your mouth that's how damn good built bar is and built bars are also healthy I'm on a big time health kick making a lot of changes in my day-to-day lifestyle and built bar is great for the health conscious guy like myself it helps me lose or maintain weight while also indulging in a delicious treat because I love chocolate and I love sweets and I don't have to compromise where I'm at in my health journey with Bilt Bar. Bilt Bar allows me to keep it going because the bars are low calorie, low sugar, high protein, and high fiber. Great for any kind of diet that you may be on. So go to BiltBar.com and use promo code LOCKDOWN and you'll get 20% off your next order by using promo code LOCKDOWN for 20% off at BiltBar.com. And our good friends over there, BetOnline.ag, folks, the AFC and the NFC Championship games are now set for next weekend and there is only one place that has you covered and one place that we trust and that's betonline.ag sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code lockdown for your 50% welcome bonus with the AFC championship game between the Kansas City Chiefs and the Buffalo Bills the uncertain status of Patrick Mahomes how are the lines going to sit for this matchup well don't sit on the sidelines anymore get in on the action at betonline.ag and don't forget to use that promo code lockdown to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts. The NFL Divisional Playoffs concluded this weekend, and folks, we were blessed with some very awesome games. I mean, I think really outside of the Ravens game, each game was entertaining, and I think it provided us with a little bit of insight. So what is it that we learned from NFL Divisional Weekend? Well, let's start off with the Baltimore Ravens against the Buffalo Bills. Obviously, the Buffalo Bills winning that one 17-3. The Bills topped them there. But one thing we learned from that matchup is that one-dimensional offenses, they don't work in the playoffs, folks. And what I'm talking about here is the Baltimore Ravens. We know them as one of the most prolific rushing offenses right now in the National Football League. Obviously, not right now because their season has now ended. 
they ran the ball really well with Lamar Jackson this season. Obviously, you have uh, Mark Ingram, who was injured, didn't play in this game. And then you have J.K. Dobbins as well. But the, the Bills, they did one thing. They came out and they prepared for the Ravens' run game. They played edge contain. They had quarterback spies, especially for when they did quarterback read option. And the one thing that we learned is that these one-dimensional offenses, they don't work, folks. And, and I think Buffalo, a, a defense that got ran all over by the Indianapolis Colts the week prior in the wild card round, they were okay with, they were daring Lamar Jackson to throw the football. And, and Lamar Jackson had a couple of throws, but outside of that, folks, Lamar Jackson couldn't make some of the big-time throws and the environment that was going on the road in Buffalo. They couldn't run the ball very well, and that's where the Bills came out on top. And the Bills, you know, they shook off a little bit of a shaky start as well in terms of quarterback play. Josh Allen was airmailing several passes deep downfield, but converting in several situations uh, to Stephon Diggs. I mean, they are loaded. And like I said, I think the Bills are going to be the favorite right now in the AFC Championship game against the Kansas City Chiefs. We'll talk about that coming up here in just a moment. But the Bills, like I said, you know, they're just they're a high-powered machine right now, and they're setting the formula. And what we're seeing is that you have to have a good offense, you have to have a good defense in order to really go the distance in the NFL. And that's something that we saw in this game. And I also think too, another thing that we learned is that elite quarterback play matters, folks. Aaron Rodgers versus the number one ranked Rams defense led by Brennan Saley, who is now the Los Angeles. Angeles Chargers head coach, elite QB play matters. And what we saw, Devontae Adams, uh, Green Bay, and Aaron Rodgers, just some quick scheme designs to get him up. And he didn't have a couple of, you know, those big plays downfield. He had one play, I think, right before half to Devontae Adams. But most of Devontae Adams' plays were short, the short routes, the short in routes, the dig routes, some of those quick slants, quick smokescreen routes to get him the ball quickly against off coverage. But just Aaron Rodgers playing at an elite level, understanding where his guys are going to be against the defense. Didn't matter what kind of pressure was coming. He understands how to stand up in the pocket, how to get out, how to roll out, manipulate the pocket, and also deliver on the run. That is why Aaron Rodgers is the MVP this season. If he doesn't win that award this season, I think it's absolutely rigged. He is playing top-notch football, folks. I think you're going to see a showdown between the Packers versus the Buffalo Bills in the Super Bowl. You know, two of these teams that really thrive in cold weather environments. I, I can't imagine when they're going to go and play in a warm environment for the Super Bowl, but this could be a very high-scoring game. Obviously, both teams have to take care of business next week in order to get to the Super Bowl, so I don't want to look too far ahead there, but elite quarterback play matters. That's the second thing we learned. And then the third thing we learned, folks, is that coaches' challenges they matter big time. And I, I said it on social media over the weekend. If you're an NFL coach, head coach, there's one guy that you need to trust to have his eyes fixated because usually this is a, an assistant coach or a position coach. They'll also have an eye on the replay up in the box. But I would hire a position coach or just a specific coach to look at the monitor, to look at replay and the film to see what I should be reviewing as a head coach. Far too often we see coaches' challenges come from the top. The head coach gets flack from it, but he's relying on the information from the guy above so if you're not getting good information from the guy above you got to fire the guy and I'm talking about for the Cleveland Browns they had a very poor coaches challenge on a Tyreek Hill catch I mean it was evident clear as day that it was a catch and they still decided to throw the challenge flag they lost a timeout and then after that everything just kind of went downhill in their game even though the Patrick Mahomes was out due to a concussion in that late third quarter going into the fourth quarter and I just think that's just an issue coaches challenges have to change you have to have a guy that's really designated for that and then also 
also touchback fumbles, folks. Can the NFL maybe take a look? I'm not a big fan of that rule. I certainly understand it. What do you do in a situation like that? Well, I feel like if you're going to, as an offense, if you're going to drive and you're going to extend your, your hand out to the pylon to get the ball over the pylon, you fumble it, and it goes out of bounds or it goes to the side or it goes to the back of the end zone, I don't know if that should be a loss of possession for the offense because the other team does not pick it up. Okay, so what happens there, if that does happen, how about this? How about it's obviously a loss of down, but the the ball goes back to the 25-yard line. If it's an offensive touchback, it it bounces that offense back to the 25-yard line, and it's a loss of down, right? So if it's second down, you do that, you fumble out of the back corner of the end zone, well, it's going to be third down from the 25, and you're going to have to find a way to close that distance, close the gap there. That would be, I think, an ideal replacement rule for the whole situation, but then again, that is just me. I want to know what your thoughts are on the touchback fumble that we saw when Kansas City, Daniel Morrison had a helmet-to-helmet contact against Hollywood Higgins, who then fumbled the ball, and it resulted in a touchback, and the Browns lose out on a potential touchdown. And then the final thing we saw, folks, were the final days of the modern quarterback era. We're talking about Tom Brady, Drew Brees, even Ben Roethlisberger. He's announcing he's coming back in 2021. Absolutely. I... I don't see why. He shouldn't. He should just retire and go. Obviously, we know Tom Brady's going to be back, but we saw Drew Brees' final game in in the NFL, and and I tell you what, it was very reminiscent of Shawn Michaels versus Ric Flair at WrestleMania back in 2008, and it was the sweet chin music beforehand. Two legends going at it, dancing, going toe-to-toe, and Shawn Michaels setting it up. Sweet chin music, saying I love you before super-kicking Ric Flair. That's exactly what Tom Brady did to Drew Brees, and it was just a bummer see, but you could see all season long I I think for both quarterbacks where you started to wonder is this it are they starting to decline are they starting to drop off it's just so unfortunate that Drew Brees career arguably one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time such a phenomenal human being on and off the football field that's it we're no longer going to see Drew Brees in a New Orleans Saints uniform he is going to retire he's going to get into broadcasting and obviously we're going to wish him well but I was really hoping that Drew Brees could have maybe a stint to run for a Super Bowl before he hangs it up. But unfortunately, we're not going to see that, folks. And now we're seeing the new age of quarterbacks, the Mahomes, the Josh Allens, the Lamar Jacksons, the Baker Mayfields. You know, I'd say Russell Wilson, too. You can keep him up there because, he's, you know, he's a, he's a savvy veteran, but he plays the game how the modern quarterback position is being played. The mobile, athletic, throwing-on-the-run type quarterbacks, multi-dynamic and hurt you with the legs. We see those types of quarterbacks. The position is evolving, and it's changing. And long gone are the days of Brady versus Breeze forevermore after this season. But Broncos country, NFL community, I appreciate you guys so much for your interactions here on today's episode. Lockdown Broncos and your favorite podcast provider. Tomorrow's episode of the show, we'll be back. It's text message Tuesday, Twitter Tuesday. We're interacting with Broncos country. We'll put out a Broncos country thought for the day, a poll question for all you avid listeners that tune in every single day to support the show. We're also going to start getting some of our off-season detailed pieces and focus areas looking back at the 2020 season, taking a look at positions, taking a look at coaches, taking a look at individual players, and then we we project whatever news is coming ahead for this Broncos organization. George Payton will meet with the media tomorrow, folks. So we'll have the press conference and our reaction to that on Wednesday's episode, Lockdown Broncos here on your favorite podcast provider. In the meantime, you can follow me on Twitter at Cody Work NFL. If you guys have Apple Podcasts, please go and leave us a five-star review. If you love listening to us every day, it would mean the world to me if you left us a review. Obviously, a major shout-out to Lindsay Martin for her latest five-star review here on the podcast. Broncos country, appreciate you guys. As always, this show is for you. As I appreciate you guys for tuning in every single day here on the Lockdown Broncos podcast. Broncos country, we'll see you tomorrow.